thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to This Week in Wellness with Brett Hill. Real news, real health, real quick. Hi, I'm Brett Hill. And This Week in Wellness, new guidelines from the Canadian Centre of Substance Use and Addiction, the CCSA, suggest that there's no safe level of alcohol consumption and that having more than two drinks a week is considered risky. This follows a statement from the World Health Organization in the journal Lancet in January that also stated there was no safe level of alcohol consumption. The CCSA report comes from a review of almost 6,000 peer-reviewed studies by over 20 experts over the course of two years. The final recommendation is a significant decrease in the recommendation from the 2011 CCSA guidelines that had recommended no more than 15 drinks a week for men and no more than 10 for women to minimise long-term health risks. It's also significantly less than the current Australian guidelines that recommend healthy men and women drink no more than 10 standard drinks a week and no more than four in a day. The CCSA has also called for health warning labels, similar to those used on cigarette packaging in Australia, to be used on alcohol as well. Warning of the risks of alcohol consumption, including cancer. The Cancer Council of Australia has supported this move. One to two standard drinks per week would be considered low risk. Three to six standard drinks per week would be considered moderate. And seven plus would be considered increasingly high in terms of the risk zones, said University of Saskatchewan's Peter Butt, co-chair of the product. The risks he referenced were the chances of developing certain cancers like colorectal and breast cancer, as well as heart disease and stroke. The report suggested that alcohol causes nearly 7,000 cancer deaths each year in Canada, with most cases being breast and colon cancer, followed by cancers of the rectum, mouth, throat, liver, esophagus and larynx. The researchers said it was unclear whether simply changing the guidelines would prompt people to change their behaviour. Associate Professor Michael Livingston, an alcohol policy researcher at Curtin University's National Drug Research Institute, said the difference in Canada and Australia's recommendations reflects a difference in risk appetite. Australia's guidelines of 10 drinks a week risks a less than 1 in 100 chance of dying of an alcohol-related condition, whereas Canada's recommendation reflects a zero chance. As always, the links are in the show notes. And my opinion on this is that the evidence on this seems to be quite clear. And it's been building and building for quite some time now. You know, I can remember many years ago seeing a quote from the Surgeon General in America who'd suggested that given the known risks of alcohol and given the moderate benefits of alcohol consumption, that the recommendation to recommend alcohol consumption was really not warranted. And so I think this has been coming on for quite a long time. I guess the flip side to that is it does contrast with what we see in longevity research where we do see that that people in the blue zones around the world do consume alcohol as part of their healthy lifestyle. And those are the people who live the longest, seemingly happiest, healthiest lives. And and so we do need to bear that in mind that there is some other factors that are coming in here. You know, it may be an interplay between various different lifestyle factors. You know, is it the habits that people who drink then have in the rest of their lives? Is it the interplay between the alcohol and other foods or lifestyle choices? I think it's really not 100% known as yet, but I think we can say that the recommendations we've got in terms of alcohol consumption have probably been too high for too long. I think we can see the people in those blue zones, you know, I know in Ikaria, for example, they do dilute their wine that they drink, and so they do tend to consume less and more slowly uh, if you're talking about pure alcohol, and that does seem to have more benefits in terms of their lifestyle. So I think what we can safely say is there is definitely too much industry influence on the recommendations that get made, that there seems to be too much of a reluctance to 
annoy the industry and I think probably annoy the general public. You know, I think in Australia, certainly, I'm, I'm assuming in Canada as well, that the drinking culture is so ingrained in society that really any government, any policy maker who tries to set restrictions on this is going to see significant backlash. And I'm sure as this comes into the news over the next week or so, which I assume it will, that we'll see that in the media and especially on social media as well. And I also have no doubt that decision makers in this area do uh, allow their own personal choices around alcohol consumption to influence their decisions as well. You know, there's no doubt that people who were teetotalers are probably more likely to make different decisions and different recommendations around this as opposed to someone who is well ingrained in the Australian or Canadian drinking culture. So I do encourage you to consider your alcohol consumptions wisely. You know, work this out for yourself. Do the benefits outweigh the risk. Have a good look at what these research is saying about the risk of cancer, the risk of stroke, the risk of heart disease, and decide where that line sits for you. You know, how much alcohol, if any, do you want to consume? And make a wise decision based on the evidence, based on the research, as free from industry and cultural expectations and pressures as you can. You've been listening to This Week in Wellness with Brett Hill. To continue the conversation, find us on Facebook and Instagram at This Week in Wellness. If you like this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. And for more information about this and other projects from me, head to drbretthill.com. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.